Let's talk about children as young as eight posting racial abuse online. Let's also discuss why children from Hackney and Brent are shorter than those from Richmond and Twickenham. What about California making the vaccination compulsory for children at school? And a whole lot more. This is Pablo from Hackney and this is Pablo's podcast. Thank you for choosing Pablo's podcast today. Welcome. People will forget what you said. People will forget what you did. But people will never forget how you made them feel. Maya Angelou. So, this is episode 76. Still here, sparking debate. And this month of October is quite a busy month, really. Black History Month, of course. Uh, also, there are there's a few countries that were made independent um, in October. Um, Nigeria was made independent uh, the 1st of October 1960. Cameroon was also made independent um, the 1st of October 1961. And the Republic of Guinea was on the 2nd of October 1958. And the Kingdom of Lesotho was made independent on the 4th of October 1966. So who knew? So many, so many um, independent countries um, all in the same month, which, as I said, happens to be Black History Month in the UK. A bit different in America, obviously they have theirs in February. But Black History is every day, to be fair. It's ingrained in everything in the UK, as we already know. So Black History is English history, it's British history. It's world history, really. Anyhow... um, London Marathon this week, this week, actually, it is today. <laughs> this week is today. So good luck to all the runners out there today. Um, this is not too bad a day for it. It was raining a lot last night, but it looks like it's all right now. So, yeah, good luck to those guys out there. I would have liked to have done, I usually do the Hackney Run, um, which was last week, uh, the five five 5K fun run, but... Oh, life got a bit too busy and didn't train enough and I would have probably just ended up doing myself an injury if I tried to do it at the last minute. Running is not doesn't come natural to me, I'll say that, but I do like a challenge. So I will be there next year, for sure. So, and yeah, so what else has happened? The, pre- the petrol crisis continues, people fighting over fuel. Um, it kind of seems that, however it all come about, the way the media has spoke about it initially definitely added fuel to the fire excuse excuse the pun but yeah the 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 language I think you know when when you've got so many people listening to you or or reading your words you do have to be mindful of the language um and yeah I think that that probably added to it um because I mean all of the talk about you know short of shortage of fuel and um, fuel, all of that stuff. But the truth is, there isn't wasn't really a shortage of fuel. It's a shortage of drivers. Um, so yeah, either way, it has it has caused um, a bit of turmoil. I hope it all kind of sorts itself out sooner rather than later, because um, it does cause a lot of traffic on the road, a lot of stress for people, and obviously some of it is ended up in physical violence. Um, the the movie Mad Max came come to mind all through this this whole thing because yeah that was the basis of that film and yeah 
it's it's just crazy that we're we're living in a time where we have to even think about stuff like that. But yeah. Um, but they have said now the army will, will definitely be coming in to drive some of the tankers to help alleviate the situation. So hopefully that doesn't cause too much hysteria. People seeing the army driving, or yeah, people seeing the army on the streets in any way. Hopefully that doesn't add add to the issue um, and just helps sort it out. But in regards to the HGV drivers, um, the shortage, um, you know, they're talking about it may have affect Christmas um, in regards to deliveries and the supply chain etc um, but I think for me personally I just think as we know what's happening now we know Christmas etc is a couple of months away a few months away preparation I think advanced preparation is the key um, leaving things to the last minute may become challenging so avoid leaving things to the last minute no need to stockpile on anything or panic by just prepare it's not like we're not we can't see how things potentially are going to be and if they turn out not to go like that then happy days you just crack on you can probably relax a bit more closer to the festive time instead of worrying about worrying about what you got to buy so yeah that's that's my perspective i suppose so over the past uh week we've we've lost a couple past couple of weeks we've lost a couple of people so um um Andrea Martin, actually, her name is, um, and I didn't, I've never heard of this this woman. She's a, turns out to be, she was a very talented and prolific songwriter. Um, she wrote for people like En Vogue, Blue Cantrell, um, and yeah, she she passed away um, at the age of forty nine, so quite young. Um, they haven't said how she passed away at this point, um, but yeah, she so she'll be sadly missed. But yeah, she Blue Cantrell. Um, with En Vogue song Don't Let Go, SWV, um, You're the One, Angie Stone, um, Wish I Wish I Didn't Miss You. Um, she was also uh, helped to write the is it uh, Sean Paul's um, Oh Sean Paul was with Blue Control, yeah, it, that was the feature of the song. They both featured on the song. And then um uh, Tom Craft's Loneliness. Um, yeah, she she done a bit. She done quite a lot. I, like I said, no, who knew? Who knew? She also worked with another level, um, Leona Lewis, uh, Alexandra Burke. Yeah, so she, yeah, definitely a talented and gifted um, songwriter. And I think she also had her own album out at one stage. I don't know how well that did, but um, but yeah, she was definitely supporting a lot of people through their journey. So yeah, sorely missed. And then also um, actor and comedian Anthony Johnson, um, also known as AJ Johnson. He also died really young as well, 55. Um, he, I remember him from like House Party, Friday, more than anything. Yeah, he, he, he was really funny. Some, some of the, yeah, definitely part of my childhood growing up seeing him in those movies. Um, but he also went on to play parts in Lethal Weapon 3, Moesha, Jamie Foxx show. So, yeah, um, and also they, they haven't released how he passed away as well, but, yeah, definitely sorely missed, definitely sorely missed. Very funny, man. Yeah. So, being Black History Month, um, hopefully we'll be, you know, honouring and looking into, you know, more people of of note, you know, that have, you know, been the first to do things or done things of significance throughout their career and whatnot. Um, and somebody, I, I, again, I didn't know about, 
um, this person. He is the UK's first um, black chief constable, um, Mr. Fuller. Um, never heard of him before. I, even when I look at the pictures, I don't think I've even seen him before. I don't remember seeing him in the media or anything like that. But no doubt he has been, but I just kind of missed it. But, um, yeah, he was born in 1959. Uh, parents um, come, come over in the Windrush era. Um, his parents split. He had to go into care and ended up living in the countryside with a, with a woman that he always... He always speaks about, apparently, as um, Auntie Margaret. Um, but he always wanted to be a police officer. Age of 16, he, he made his dream come true and, and joined the police cadets. And then, yeah, went on to, you know, rise through the ranks, you know, over, over the next three decades after that. So, um, and he's also the founding chair of the Metropolitan Police, the Met Black Police Association, which also I didn't know. That was really interesting to find out as well. And, the, um, and after hearing about um, all the brutality um, in police cells and people in custody, hearing about all that stuff, he was the first to install um, CCTV in police cells. So, yeah, he, he definitely made his mark there because obviously that, that would have you know, saved lives and cleared up a lot of cases and reduced, um, no doubt that would have reduced um, some of the incidents that would have happened there because it was all being filmed and stuff. So, but yeah, but he, um, he retired, retired his role in uh, 2010. He was working out of Kent. And, um, and yeah, so again, so just somebody I'd never heard of before. And, uh, you know, relatively, you know, he's, he's not a super old person as well, but he's, he's really um, made his mark. Um, and, and, and done some things that are going to live beyond him, like with the CCTV stuff and the, and the association that he founded. So, so, yeah, hats off to him for doing his thing, living out his dream. So, in, on the other side of the pond, um, in California, uh, California has become the first state to require um, COVID vaccines for school children. Um, so, basically, children between 12 and uh, 17... Um, once, if the FDA grants the full approval, they will be the first state in the country to make it mandatory uh, for children to have the vaccine. And basically, if, you, if the children don't have the vaccine, they will be, have to be home tutored, basically. So, yeah, big step. Um, I, I wonder if that's going to... I wonder if the UK is going to follow suit. Um, and I wonder how that's going to go down in America. I think in... January, they'll look to implement it if it if it does go ahead. So, I'm sure the world will be watching that carefully. And over this side of the water, um, UK care home care workers, um, up to a hundred thousand of them may have to lose their jobs um, on November the 11th because um, Sajid Javid has told care staff, "Get out or, or get the jab." <laughs> get out or get the other, you know, it's pretty much that. So, um, yeah, lines have been drawn in regards to that. Um, yeah, get out or, well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can kind of foresee how this will uh, spill out into other sectors as well, especially in health and social care. Um, yeah, so... We'll see how that all plays out in time. But, yeah, it's, it's definitely starting with the care home workers. 
So, um, thankfully, the, over the past week, there hasn't been any um, death via youth death through youth violence, um, which is which is always good, always good. It's always nice to be able to say that. Um, but sadly, uh, this on the racism side of things, uh, the young children as young as eight have been posting uh, racial abuse online and um, it's said that they're, they're behind as many as five, one in five um, racist messages reported to the police um, this year, which is huge, which is huge. Um, I think the, the police force in England and Wales have said they've investigated more than 300 um, children um, for, for racial racial stuff online, racial abuse, um, over, three, over 300 children in 2021 already. Um, that, 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 that is very, very interesting and very telling, I suppose. More telling about the parents, I'd say. More telling about the parents. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I think, I think that, that a lot of... There's been a lot of this that's been brought up, brought up around Yorkshire as well. You know, they're speaking about four, eight-year-old um, were identified as being behind some abuse that happened in Yorkshire. Um, they've been on Snapchat. I don't, I don't know how these young kids are getting, how their parents are allowing them to be on social media, things like Snapchat and, and wherever else at eight years old. You know, so I really think the parents have a lot to answer for in all of these cases especially when you're talking about children that are so young. Um, but, yeah, I think the, the first thing that comes to my mind is, you know, when you talk about, when you say children as young as eight, one in five, um, over 300 being investigated in 2021, I wonder to myself, how many of those children, um, uh, you know, are perpetrating these, this racial abuse are black children? How many black children, I wonder, out of all those 300 are black? Um, how many children are black doing, you know, putting out racial stuff online? Be interesting to see that as well. So, yeah. Um, but, like I said, I think when it comes to young children, because children are not born racist. You know, these are, this is learned behaviour. So, you know, I think we really should be bringing the parents um, into line as well. Whenever these children are caught doing this stuff, um, yeah, the ch children definitely are a reflection of, of their household and their, their surroundings. So, yeah. So, um, in regards to Sarah Everard, uh, Wayne Cousins has now been convicted. He'll be spending his whole life in prison. Absolutely, absolutely Pugnant crime, man. The, the things that this 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 police officer did, you know, um, you know, arresting her on false charges around COVID, um, kidnapping her, raping her, then murdering her, and then going on to to burn the body, you know, um, just absolutely crazy, absolutely crazy, um, and sickening, you know. And then days later. The, the, the woods where he'd left the body, the burnt body, he, days later he took his wife and children um, on a family trip to the same woods. Like, what? It's just, just bizarre, absolutely bizarre. 
Um, yeah, and then it, what else came out? That he, he was known to have flashed up to, you know, up to three different occasions, you know, and the police knew about that. He was known as the rapist within the police force over the over years. Um, it's just, yeah, just so many issues with this case. Um, and it's going to cause, well, it has caused so many issues for the police moving forward because, yeah, women especially on this occasion, especially, I've definitely lost trust in, in the police. Um, but it does make me think about, you know, you know, things that have happened in the past that have, that have made, you know, black people lose trust in the police, you know, Stephen Lawrence situation and various other things, you know. Um, so it's not the first time um, parts of society have, have lost lost faith in the police but um but this is really this really stands out stands out in a different way um because because of, of the, just the the premeditation and you know the all of the alarm bells that were obviously there and not 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 taken seriously it seems so so yeah but he is in the right place um and yeah it's, there's no way they could have even considered him coming back onto the street so Welcome to Pablo's Podcast. Join me on a weekly basis with social commentary on current affairs which affect us the most. Come and muse with me. What you can expect is uplifting, positive discussions, interviews on our social, physical and cultural well-being. Voicing some of the perspectives we share but maybe don't vocalise enough. I'll be going through my bucket list of interviewees over the coming weeks. We're guaranteed to get an honest, authentic perspective and insight into what's going on now. If you like what you hear, please click the subscribe button. Please share on your social media apps and please leave a review. Look forward to spending some time with you over these coming weeks. Thanks for joining me. Take care. But in, in Scotland, they have because off of the back of this, they've now um, started a new process where um, officers' personal radios will be put on loudspeaker. So if loudspeaker, so um, people from the the control office can confirm who they are. So if people are arrested and they, you know, they want to confirm who they are, they'll be able to actually speak to um, the control office via the radio and loudspeaker. Um, which you know is is helpful. I mean, will it will it alleviate all of the concerns? Maybe not, but at least it's it's something, I suppose. Um, because yeah, everything's kind of up in the air in regards to the relations between police and and the public, which is a crazy state for us to be in, especially in these times. Especially in these times when so many laws have been changed, and you know, with the new powers that have come in and, and things like that. So yeah. So another person who definitely deserves to spend the rest of his life in, in, in prison is, is R. Kelly, who's recently been found um, guilty of various um, sex crimes um, involving women, children, male, female, over the past two decades. I think there was 11 accusers, nine women, two men. Um, but he's now been found guilty. He'll be sentenced on May the 4th. Um, but 
yeah, I can't, I can't see it again. I can't see him coming out anytime soon, especially with the way how America, um, you know, sentences people a lot harsher than the UK. Um, but yeah, but and within that case as well, it also come out that that um, that are, that he illegally obtained paperwork to marry Aaliyah when she was 50 in 1994, um, and that was like seven years before she died in in the plane crash. Um, but ironically, her album, which also came out in 1994, um, debut album uh, called Age Ain't Nothing But a Number. Um, this boy, the track, yeah, age ain't nothing but number, but it was written and produced by R. Kelly. So, you know, um, I've got no doubt that she was coerced into, you know, that them lyrics, that song, the whole situation, you know. Um, so yeah, so he he was really really um, up to no good for a long time, um, in, in plain sight as well. That's the crazy thing. All of this was in plain sight because I remember them, you know, them talking about him marrying Aaliyah and all of that. But even me, I, I had no idea of the ages. You know, you know, when you see people on in these videos and celebrities and things, you you just presume they're a lot older than they are sometimes. You know, and, and that's how that came across to me. But yeah, no no idea that that was all what was going on. Um, and then I think one of the um, former backing back dancers also spoke about that he'd seen um, R. Kelly sexually abusing Aaliyah when she was like 13 and 14, you know, so so yeah um, really gross stuff, I mean when they, there was a, a documentary about him come out a few months ago maybe over the past year and I, I kind of, I haven't watched it I will watch it at some stage but um, but I just remember seeing you know, there, there was that video that went around many years ago, maybe about, yeah, it must have been about 13, 10, 13 years ago with, with the urinating situation. And, and that, for me, it was obvious that that was R. Kelly at the time. And the fact that he didn't go to prison for it, it was like, you know, it, it kind of made it kind of go away that he wasn't found guilty of it. And it kind of, but again, it was in plain sight. Everybody saw it. There was, it was obvious who, who that was. So, so yeah, um, and maybe if, if justice was done at that time, you know, maybe there wouldn't have been so many victims. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, he, he will get what well, he's getting his just deserves now. So, um, also on the, from a crime perspective, um, uh, the rapper Nines, um, who was recently, well, not recently arrested, but he was arrested over drug importation charges, now been found guilty of importing um, 28 kilos of cannabis, um, and I think he's, his case was connected to the EncroChat um, situation as well. Um, but he received a sentence of 28 months. Um, I think people thought he was going to get a lot more. People thought he was going to get double figures, you know, over 10 years and stuff like that. But for various different reasons, um, yeah, he, he got 28 months. Um, and it also come out that he was using um, Bitcoin to buy cannabis as well. Um, so yeah, and also importing it um, from Spain and, and Poland inside boilers. That's how it was coming, bringing it into the UK. But um, but with time served and, and and whatnot, he he will be out next year. I could imagine on good behaviour. So hopefully he will pick up his career where he left off, um, and yeah, turn his life around. Turn his life around. 
that would be the only way to go now um, with with such a public situation like that. So yeah, okay. So look, on a positive note, in Wales, in Wales, um, they have honoured um, Miss Rachel Elizabeth Campbell, better known as Betty um, Betty Campbell, um, with a statue. Um, and the statue is beautiful. If you can, if you can look for it online, uh, it's it's huge and it's really it really tells a story, a visual story. A, a really appreciated um, the way they made this statue. I won't give away the details, but definitely worth checking out. But yeah, so she was the first blackhead teacher in Cardiff, um, and her unveiling of her statue happened on Wednesday in Central Square in in, in Cardiff. Um, and I think they said it's believed to be the first statue of a named non-fictional woman um, in an outdoor public space in Wales. So many firsts there, many firsts. But yeah, she was born in 1934 in Cardiff, um, Docklands area, um, to a Jamaican father and a uh, mixed heritage mother of half Welsh and half Bayesian. Um, and yeah, she worked in uh, a deprived multicultural area um, she worked in one one city, and then she she worked in the city where she lived and became the head teacher there. Um, so yeah, she's definitely somebody to look into. Definitely somebody to look into. She, she she's definitely a trailblazer and very loved in in the city as well. But sadly, she died in in 2017. But this statue that they've put up for her is um, will ensure that her her story is never forgotten. You know, and her legacy there. But like I said, I can't stress enough that. The statue that they've done is is huge and it is um you know really detailed and you know it's, it's got some young people around it and stuff. Definitely check it out. Really good. So um a model named um Nyasa, um uh, Nyasha rather, um she's a young up-and-coming model, um and she basically has experienced the fact that uh, most of the backstage um, makeup artists um, lack knowledge in black hair and black makeup. So what she's had to do over the years is kind of put together her own care package and kind of do her own makeup and her own hair, you know, rather than people that don't have any knowledge doing it. But what that kind of prompted her to do was create these care packages for other models and send it to them around the world and, and stuff like that. Um, which was obviously greatly received. So, um, so yeah, very, very entrepreneurial of her and, and very helpful, I could imagine, for all those black um, models around the world. Um, and then also since then, um, some organisations are now holding masterclasses um, for, in styling black hair specifically, which is always a good thing. It's always a good thing because, you know, hair is hair. You know, everybody's got hair regardless of race, gender and whatnot. But... Black hair is different. You do have to deal with it differently. Um, and if you're a black person, you know that. But if you're not black, you might not know that. You might just say, hair is hair. But, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely not the case. So, yeah, good, good, good on you. Good on you for, the, for putting that together for them. For, well, not for them, for people in general. Very good. So, um, also, I found out that there is a thing... Well, not even a thing. It's it's you know they've done a study in regards to people's height, children's height, and it turns out that young children um, in England's poorest areas are actually shorter than people in the more affluent areas, which 
makes sense, I suppose, in regards to... I'm imagining that goes... It will come back down to um, what people are eating, nutrition and things like that. Um, But, yeah, researchers looked into data of more than 7 million um, 4 to 5-year-olds, which is a significant amount of people. Um, And, yeah, it kind of mapped it out. And I think places like Tower Hamlets, Newham, Hackney, um, Brent, you know, places like that, there's, there is a significant um, height difference in, in, in the young children there compared to places like Twickenham and Richmond and, and places like that. And obviously, this is not just... I'm talking about London, but this is a study across the UK. You know, this is a national study. So, so yeah, there's, so there's definitely something in it. But, um, but short height um, in, in, in young people are... St- can be signs of underlying health conditions and adverse social economic circumstances in young children. So it is, a, it is an important um, piece of research, you know, and something allowed them to address things, you know, monitor the height of young people and stuff. But I could imagine, I'm not a doctor, but I could imagine nutrition and, you know, what people are able, what people can afford to spend on and what the quality of food they spend on and consume definitely will play a part um, in the height of, of people and stuff. So, yeah. Um, okay, so also in China, on a te- from a tech perspective, now China's got some new rules. So they have now um, made it illegal um, for children and teenagers to play more than three hours of gaming um, a week. And they're only allowed to play Fridays, Saturdays and Sundays. Wow. I mean, as, as a parent, um, I can see the benefits of that in my household, but to, to, to make it law um, just feels a bit strong. feels very strong, in fact. But, yeah. Um, but, you know, China, China does things in, in a different way. They, they, they're definitely known for doing things their way. Um, and also on their TV, the, reg- the uh, Chinese TV regulator have banned effeminate men from TV. So, yeah, they are really doing things their way. Um, I'm sure that that is going to impact um, a lot of people um, in China. And obviously it's going to put a lot of people's nose out of joint across the world, you know, from the LGBTQ um, community, etc. But, yeah, they've, they've banned effeminate men from TV. I think they even put out a report or in, in their, their talk about it, um, they talk about effeminate men as sissy boys. You know, they use that term, like, you know, in, in, I think in politics there and in TV and, and things like that. So they, they really are intolerant of a lot in China. So, yeah, interesting. I'm sure that we'll, we're going to hear a lot more about that as time goes on. Um, and Instagram um, are, have plans of launching Instagram for kids. So I'm, I'm not sure how far they've got with doing that. Um, I would definitely not be a supporter of that sort of stuff at all because, you know, the social media, um, it's bad enough the impact it has on adults and teenagers, let alone, you know, kids' version. Um, in, in some ways that feels like just kind of grooming them to be involved in social media, media in a way maybe that they wouldn't, you know. I think, you know, as you're growing up, the, the, 
the more time you can have away from social media and that side of technology and growing up in your informative years, I think the better. I mean, if you choose it in your, you know, in your 20s, your late teens and, and beyond, that's different. But I think there's, there's definitely something to be had for having your most informative years um, free as much as you can in this day and age from, from social media because it isn't, it isn't all good. You know, it isn't all good and it, it does, does take away from some of the natural development that I feel um, human beings have. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a lot that it, it, it takes away from, especially if you're, there's no, it's not regulated in any way. And I don't mean regulated in the way that China is regulating, but, you know, as parents, I think we, yeah, we have to be really mindful of what, the benefits of, of social media, but also the negatives, especially when it comes to young children. So it's been a big week for the cinema. Uh, the last Bond movie um, for Daniel Craig has, has finally come out. It was delayed through COVID and all that. Um, so No Time to Die is out there. I think it made five million in its first day, something like that. But, um, but yeah, I definitely... We'll be checking it out. Um, you've got uh, Lashana. Lashana Lynch has joined the cast as a secret agent called Nomi. And she's actually the first black 007 agent ever. So, yeah, hats off to her for, for locking in that part. And I'm sure, she, I'm sure she smashed it. But I look forward to watching that and, and seeing how she, her role develops. Hopefully she'll be in a few more. Hopefully this ain't a one-off. And Naomi Harris um, returned as Miss Moneypenny as well. So, so yeah, but from all accounts, it seems to be an absolute amazing um, Bond movie. So I definitely will be checking it out. And it's going to be interesting to see who's going to be the next Bond. That's going to be interesting as well. I mean, ar around these times, they always flirt with the idea of is it going to be a female Bond? Is it going to be a black Bond? I I'll, I'll put my money on it's going to be more of the same and that is just Bond, you know, that, that's just, just how it does. Maybe what we need to do is forget about having a black Bond or, and whatnot, or a female Bond. You just create new roles, you know, you create a, you know, role for a female. Maybe you turn Luther, Idris Elba's character, maybe you turn him into some kind of Bond character or you go down that line. But um, I think Bond is, you know, the template is there and I don't think they're going to deviate too much from that. But I suppose it makes for headlines and conversation around the time when they're changing um, the Bond character. But yeah, Daniel Craig, um, yeah, he's, he's going to be moving on to, to greener pastures. So yeah. But look, this week, this month, it is Black History Month, as I said at the top of the pod. Um, so, you know, there's going to be loads of activities, especially as we're opened up now, um, loads of activities around the UK, not just the stuff that's coming on TV. So get out of there enjoy some stuff, learn some stuff, remember some stuff that maybe you didn't know or, or can't remember. Um, yeah, and invite, invite people from other cultures to, to come out with you and, and learn a bit and, and stuff like that, you know? It's, like I said, black history is British history, so, you know, this is, it's, not, um, it's, not, it's not separate from anything, really. Um, so, yeah, so enjoy your week, and, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll catch up again for sure. So thank you again for choosing Pablo's podcast today and hopefully you can join me in the next one. Until then, take care.
and be nice to each other. Thank you for listening to Pablo's podcast. I'm Pablo from Hackney and you can catch me next week for more healthy discussion.